Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, welcome to Nobody Panic, a podcast where we help sort of figure out how to do things. Tessa, hello. Hello. How's it going? You know what? Fine. Good. You look very nice. So do you. Thanks, pal. Both of us look pretty good today. All things considered. All things <laughs> considered. <laughs> trying our best. I'm quite sweaty. That is one thing. Um, I was on time. That's something. You, I'd say you were early. I was by five minutes and uh, that is quite... <laughs> Thank you so much. Great. I'm really happy yeah, for you. The last time I was early, um, Paul Rudd was uh, in the studio. Yes, and I was late. And I that's You missed Paul Rudd. The worst day of my life. I was the worst day of my life because I did talk to Paul Rudd. Yes. And I embarrassed myself so badly I had to go and lie down. And uh, just to clarify, he was here for off menu and mm. not for us. So then I feel sort of like, well, don't be early because Paul Rudd might be there. But I'm, Understood. I'm powering through that. I think that's a thing you can think in life, just anywhere you anywhere go. Anywhere you go, yeah. don't be early, Paul Rudd might what be there. And you Paul might embarrass there. yourself so hard you'll have to go and lie down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, oh, let's, let's move on. Um, so today, tell us about this podcast episode. Yes, yeah, the seeds were sown for this episode when we did um, back in autumn, how to be an autumn botch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of feeling of like, no, I am. I like autumn and, and everybody seems to take the piss out of people that like it. And it's very like, you know, Taylor Swift, basic bitch vibe. And I see a lot of people, for example, actually, Taylor Swift's a good example, who um, really like Taylor Swift, but sort of have to apologise for it a lot. Mm. And then a lot of people who you wouldn't expect to like Taylor Swift being like, um, like saying it ironically and knowing it's cool because you wouldn't expect them to. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and it, it made me think like, yeah, just how... I expanded that to my life and being like, it's actually becoming increasingly hard to tell what I like and want and what I'm kind of being conditioned to think is good or not good. Mm -hmm. And I think obviously social media doesn't help with that. And I think that's why it's becoming quite, I think more people don't know what they want and don't even realise they don't know until maybe it's too late or they have to do something like, I've been doing like organise a wedding party for my like you know or, and go like oh god what do I actually want at that party mm. um, or what am I doing for like the bit you know that like What's people will arrive and be like well anything you know like when people arrive and you go like oh this would be like cool if this happens you're like yeah, but do I want that is that just going to be like or do I want to be sincere or want like what do yeah, I how yeah. sincere am I as a person mm. I don't know so there was a it wasn't it's not just about weddings but like anything um so and then I beca- think definitely weddings push those sort of feelings right to the fore because yes that's the ultimate like this is me now it's like a wedding is literally saying do you want to come and look in my head 
yeah. do you want to come in and see all the things I think are the best? Yes, yes. <laughs> and so it's a lot to be like, people be like, oh, Stevie thinks this is the best, is it? You yeah, know? so that, that's what she wants to look like and that's oh. what she wants to do, yeah. You know, so it's a lot of being like, wait, what do I want and what do my parents want and what does my partner want and what do I, what do I think the guests want or what do yeah. I actually want yeah mm, quietly very in powerful my stevie before we get into it shall we do uh which is a, run, a running theme each week we ask what the other's adult thing is to make us feel better about our lives i have a notes app of called nobody panic and i love to open it and think what are the adult things and then see what i've written to myself that's so great. the past couple of weeks of little treats and this one i was very excited to write down um it involves the printer Okay, wow. Now, normally I have a quite positive working relationship with my printer. That's very rare. It is rare. It is rare. And we've worked very hard on it. And I'm also involved with HS, HSP. HP, HSBC. H, I'm invo- heavily involved with HSBC. Uh, unrelated. I'm mm. also involved with HP Instant Ink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they send me the bits, the cartridges. Great. Why not? Um Sorry, are you telling me that you, you buy cartridges for your printer? No, I'm involved in some kind of thing. Is it a subscription? It, yeah. Right, right. Involved okay. in some kind of thing. <laughs> like you've gone to a shop and bought some No, they come in the post. That's great. That is cool. I didn't and know they you take my money. So you use your printer enough to necessitate a subscription? No. Right. <laughs> Definitely so you, you got, not. You backed up with like a million printer cartridges. Yes. Okay, just checking. So I've got like one, I pay one pound a month or something. Is it? Yeah. That's such good value. Well, that's why I thought it was quite a good deal. But Mm. now I'm like, am I getting the right use out of this? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) My point is, even though I know there are so many printer cartridges in the house somewhere, couldn't find one. (gasps) Things, and I'm like, this is a nightmare because it's printing, it's coming out all faded. I have to print all these documents and you can't read them. Right. And I was like where the hell are the printer cartridges because I know I've got them and be damned me going to buy some more when I'm involved in this bloody subscription and have been for months anyway couldn't find them anywhere had to contact HB Instant Ink for help and was like I don't know what to do it's doing this can you find my cartridges in my my house please (laughs) (laughs) what shall I do now and then the man on the chat said and this is what I tell to you Stevie and Mm -hmm. to you the listeners um, should you ever find yourself in such a situation remove the because you've got a colour cartridge and a black cartridge in there he said remove the black ink cartridge and then print in black and white and the color one will correct itself and will print will combine its colors to do the black and white for you almost begs the question what's the point of a black cartridge almost begs it stevie almost begs that's well to be fair it is the darkest 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 shade of magenta okay if you truly look right but to the naked eye you wouldn't question it That's but if you really look it is a very it's not true black right. so i guess if you really needed it to be you know spot on yeah for your art for your art for your art, <laughs> for your art. um but for your basic documents <laughs> the only thing i can think of that you would print that you'd need black i was thinking art? yeah your graphic design work yeah i guess so. and then you're not fest- messing about with your magenta no. why are you printing out at home anyway it felt absolutely fantastic it worked and now i was just excited to relay that top tip if anyone finds themselves in such a situation such a good hack my other thing is i'm doing my theory test on (gasps) friday Ah! on friday yes yes um yes 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 yes. yes. and a surprise it was a surprise to me but i think it's a surprise to nobody and it shouldn't have been a surprise is that the multiple choice learning the facts and then doing the test like the mock tests smashing it smashing has a perception absolute (laughs) disaster Yeah. yeah but weirdly turns out that I keep failing it because I see so the, it's like a video for anyone who hasn't done it it's like a quite a well-rendered video I presume AI um where like you're going through something 
and you have to click when you see there's lots of different sort of sort of uh, cars moving and things that could become hazards but you have to click when you see the hazard develop and so like for example you're going on like I don't know a road and like right in the distance you see like a tractor on another road so like I'm obviously clicking it being like well that tractor why would they put a tractor in this video if it's not going to become a hazard and then lo and behold it does but I've clicked too early because it wasn't a hazard at that point unacceptable clicking pattern yes Mm -hmm. and so it turns out actually yeah I'm too perceptive of the hazards I think it's a very very flawed test as somebody who also failed their hazard perception right good right because yeah yeah, it's so because you're like well that's a hazard yeah, obviously. Click, click There's like a horse coming up in the road. And so I click and then they're like, you got no out of five because the, the horse didn't become a problem till like five seconds later. And you're like, but I'm doing but I'm, a hazard perception test. Why would you put a horse in it if it wasn't going to become a hazard? I'm overthinking it. Yeah, I'm quite concerned about that. Um, but I am thrilled that my, because I used to be quite like academic at school, like good at exams and all that sort of stuff. I'm quite, and I was so scared about doing the theory prep because I was like, what if I find out that I'm no longer good at that? My brain mm. is broken because of, I don't know, social media usage. Uh, but it turns out I, I can remember turns facts I'm very fucking well. fantastic. Yeah, I'm very good at that bit. But that, I'm so bad at has a perception that I think that's going to fuck me over. Um, listen, <sighs> you join a stalwart group. <laughs> Of people who can't all, perceive hazards, who can't simply can't perceive the hazards. No, who <laughs> failed their hazard perception the first time? Okay, good. It, should you fail? So okay. just take that sweet pressure off. Anyway, God. I wish you so much good luck. Thank you. What do you want to, to pass my theory test? That's a great one. That's a great one. Um, th- but also that is part of it because I, for years, have been like, I don't want to learn to drive. It's bad, bad for the environment. Blah blah blah. blah. I don't want it. And also, I actually re- realised that the re- me not wanting to learn to drive was because I didn't want to find out I was bad at it because I couldn't I was like I can't I won't be able to cope but so that led me to the fundamental um issue with knowing what you want which is not realizing that you don't know what you want and feeling stupid for that because actually I think our brains are so complex that you often don't know what you want and that's I think state the standard for everybody Mm. and you have to kind of interrogate yourself constantly and that's exhausting so you know like the people that when we were at uni and throughout our 20s and I was like, God, you know, Ed, I've made someone up, but like, you know, Ed, he did English lit with me and now he's done a law conversion because he wants to be a lawyer and now he's got a flat and now he's got a family. He really knows what he wants. Like, and then now at like 35, Ed's gone mad because he's like, I don't know if that was what I wanted. And then like, doesn't know what he's doing is having a midlife crisis, for example. Mm. That happens quite a lot where you get to a certain age and you go, gosh, have I done the wrong thing here? Or like, I've dropped the ball because I didn't realise that I wanted these big life things. And I think there's a tendency, I don't think that's the right, I don't think that's the right approach for Ed because actually all that's happened is he did want that at some point and now he wants something different and we're constantly... I think we're constantly changing what we want and then punishing ourselves for it and being like, oh God, I didn't know. Or like, what's wrong with me? Mm. When actually you basically need to check in regularly and it can change throughout the year. It can change because you've like spoken to a friend who's like doing a job that you've never heard of and gone like, you know what? Actually, maybe I would like to do that as a career. Well, that, oh, I've only known that. Or like, I've, I'm stuck in this or whatever. And that plus the our inherent fear of change means that, yeah, we should never be mean to ourselves for not knowing what we want. So if you're listening and you're like, I'm listening because I just don't know and I'm such an idiot. It's like, you're not an idiot. You're actually, that's what it means to be human, to not mm. know what you want. Otherwise, we'd all be like, like, we'd all just be completely content at all times. And famously, we're not. 
ever famously famously i hear i i hear you mm, do you i hear it and to speak on that i, I would love you to speak on that <laughs> i remember picking our gcse's in year nine hell hell and i cried i went home and cried because um emily reynolds full name mm. hello emily hope you're well um hope you're well nolds <laughs> And that is that is what we used to say. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I was also like you were about to say something probably quite like I can't stop myself with these absolute and golden you- gags. <laughs> um, Emily <laughs> knew she wanted to be a doctor, which meant these were the GCSEs she needed to do. These were the A levels she needed to do. This is where she wanted to go to do a degree. This is where she wanted to go to medical school. Da, 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 da. And I m- cried with jealousy that she had a plan. Oh my god! Yeah, I feel because. That. There was something so nice about knowing this was your end goal and then if in order to get it, all the small decisions that you're going to be faced with through your life, small as in like the incremental decisions, were going to be towards this end goal. And I was so jealous of that because I just felt completely overwhelmed with the choice. And I do remember everyone having a bit of a meltdown about it. You're 13. Yeah. I remember there was a girl, we used to ride, I lived very far away from school and there was a bus, um, Luxy Cars. That, as I'm saying it out loud, that can't be right. Can't be with your school boss. I Luxy cars. So weird to say it. It was like blue and white, and it was so. It was like a really battered minivan, and I guess like to sort of zhuzh it up, they'd called it Luxy cars. Nice. You know, when you not said a word out loud yeah. for so long, but it was such a big part of your life for many years. Anyway, we used to ride this bus home for an hour each way, and so God. we were very weirdly, intimately good friends with people. From year seven to year thirteen on this bus. On this That's bus. not weird. I mean, you've got two hours yeah, every no, day. Weird. But like, Trapped. it was weird that like you would go to school, you wouldn't dream of speaking to them. Of course. But then yeah. you'd get on. And I remember in year seven helping this girl who was in at the time in year ten or year nine choose her GCSEs. And I remember like helping her and like crossing off things we couldn't. Definitely, let's remove those and let's do this and like helping her. That's very good of I you. Know, it really was year, massive, You were eleven. Yeah, at this eleven. Point. Mad thing for me to have done. <laughs> very good. And her being like, "That's actually incredibly helpful." And then the like next day in break, them coming like find like huge girls coming to like, find me in year seven and be like, "You get in the corridor. We've heard you're very good at <laughs> helping with the choosing process." And me being like, "Okay, yeah, is this?" And then you do this. Um, and then and then when actually it got to our year. I remember being like, it's so, it's so, this is so hard. There was no y- you in year seven. There was no me. Helping you to... Oh. There was no me to help me. You couldn't help yourself. I couldn't help myself. And it's such a, it feels like it's the first time ever in your life that you're maybe made to choose something and as a result, doors are going to close, you know? Yeah. It's like, or you, the perception the perce- that doors are going to close. Wow, wow, wow. Speak on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, no, but I think it... it do, like teachers can't tell you the reality because if they told you the reality then the entire foundation of the, the education system would collapse which mm. is like if they were like it doesn't matter what you pick because you can change in the future because you've got your whole life including you know you could you could do the complete you could do all sciences and then like be like i want to do english at uni and then like rectify that very simply but like if they tell you that then you start being like well, what's the point of anything? Yeah. Everything about school is sort of when, as the older you get, the more you realise it's quite counterproductive to living mm. and like, the actual reality of life. In some senses, it is helpful, but in quite a cynical way, because it's like with work and employment in life, those odd rules and unfair systems are still in place. So I suppose school does help you to realise that, like, I don't know, life is sort of mad and sometimes you have to have to go along with stuff that you're like, 
what? Yeah. Like, why am I doing this interview process for the job? That's not going to, you can't tell if I'm actually going to be good at this job or like, it's kind of like life is unfair, really, basically. But like, yeah. I I, think it's the thing to speak on the hazard perception. Speak on it. Speak on that. Mm. Is that like, that's the best that they've come up with under difficult circumstances that is a both that is a safe way of trying to test you on something that is sort of untestable and it like it is mad but it's also the currently the best we've got and so you've got to go into it both being like this seems odd and everyone like it is but it's always this is what you have to do in order to be allowed into the car so do it yeah there has to be something that tests you and people did say that but you don't listen people have said that my whole life and i didn't listen like Mm. when i decided on my degree i didn't i was like well that's i've committed now and if unless i do a law conversion like english literature was like a joke while i was doing it like haha you never get employed it was like oh and then like when i was a journalist it was like you know like i've picked journalism over acting and writing and performing like that i've picked it and i remember being like very like somber like this is the way like i i must earn and then of course that industry collapsed and i was like the way is gone and it just so happens i'm doing this in my spare time so i've got to make this work now and but then it was only now that i'm like i could retrain and do something but i don't want to so that's kind of like quite not i mean i also i'd probably be bad at it but like hey 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 i could change my no, career no, at any no. point I would be bad because I wouldn't like it. Do you know what I mean? Well, well yeah, but that's, that's a different a, thing. That's a, that is a different thing. That's a different thing. And I do only realise that now. But also, yeah, it's quite freeing to be like, to, to have realised that that you're not like, it wasn't our fault constantly not knowing what we wanted and being panicked about those choices. Then there's a different pressure, which is like that fear of change, I think, kicks, well, it has kicked in for me a little bit where it's like, I know people who, well, my, my, my sister who's like moved to, to another country and she kind of, I was really jealous of that in, in, in the sense of like, God, you, you know that you want to leave London and you're not chained to it because you feel scared of what would happen. <laughs> you're just going to do that, are you? Okay, wow. I wish I could have that experience, but like, of course I can. But like, I don't know if I want it or not. And so I'm like, I'm constantly in this state of flux and recently I found it helpful to rather than address all of those big things which is like you know um baby uh house where I live uh what clothes I'm wearing you know um those three big things which are all kind of looming for a lot of people who haven't made that decision yet mm-hmm. uh, or those decisions yet I found that I've, by looking at those I've realized that even small things I didn't know what I wanted to starting with the small things, which gives me confidence to then build up to trust myself to go like both could be wrong, but equally both will also be right because you will make your life around that decision that, that you took. There actually is no wrong decision. Mm. So like if I if I live in London for the rest of my life, well, I'll make that work. If I move out of London um, and live somewhere where I feel like I'm kind of alone with like without any friends, well, I'll make that work as well. Like, you know, so and I think it's so much of it comes down to confidence in yourself and I found it really helpful with little things and also quite scary because when I was like okay I'll start with like little things like I don't actually know what like anything like I don't know how like with the autumn thing it came from that where I was like I love autumn and I love like Halloween I love and I was like keeping I was embarrassed to like lean into it and I'm sort of embarrassed to be that kind of like typical you know white girl who's like I love men's coming spice latte and I was like no I'm actually gonna go mad yeah and it's it's such a small thing but it helps but I did find like you just said ticking off things that you don't want to be like the first helpful step and also like really leaning in and not being scared of 
visualizing the options so a big example is me with like where I want to live and my and a house because I don't I run and like I'm so scared of dreaming of a flat that I want that I because what if I can't afford it I can't get it so what I've done is like I've got a phone note of like dream house uh, ideas and being like not afraid to actually vocalize that to myself mm. because it, obviously it's really simple but like I could get a flat that doesn't have any of those things and then that could be like an end goal that maybe I get like three of those things or like maybe I'm able to, it's always good to have an aim but I'm, yeah, I'm so often scared of dreaming of those big things in case I'm disappointed. What is the, like, the worry about the disappointment? Like that you would rather not dream of any nice things <laughs> lest you, lest... Well, that's quite extreme but sort of, I'd rather be realistic. The fear of like, of... Uh, yeah, of like what I would prefer to do is is have a realistic goal mm-hmm. so that then I, c- I can actually achieve that. Whereas, you know, being like, I want a garden and uh, I also want a, a lovely balcony and a, a kind of uh, underfloor heating for the tortoise. And I want it to be massive and also in central London. <laughs> it's obviously not a realistic goal. Mm-hmm. So I can never achieve that. So I don't want to just like be needlessly But what do you say that like... So here's the realistic thing that's like, this is what is achievable regardless. Mm-hmm. And here are the dreams. And so if you dream that this, like, then you just enjoy this sort of, this dreaming process, but you have to end up here anyway. So you might as well dream about Absolutely. a nicer thing. And that's, that's where I'm trying to but get you, my but head. But you fear this drop down is worse, you think, than just going up to it and never... Well, no, that's why I'm trying to change my... That's, that's oh, I've wonderful. Got, I've got the phone notes. Got, you know, wow, wow, wow. With things like underfloor heating for the tortoise mm. and things like that. And I have, but I'm too scared to put a, a, a region because I'm like, obviously, like, you know, central. <laughs> well, put it in. Put it in right now. But I'm not, yeah, no, sure. But I also... Yeah, but sure. Sure. But I also, I've done, I'm, I'm too scared to, like, research areas because I'm like what if I don't find anywhere and then I'll be like oh no there's nowhere to live These, I'm getting very specific here no but I think but, it's really interesting and important and like I guess it's all the sort of high risk high yield of being like 100%. I'm not even prepared to chance it in case it doesn't happen but like but it's definitely not going to happen if you don't absolutely if you don't look and so you currently think you won't be able to you look that feeling is confirmed mm. and it's like is that a worse feeling than yeah and no yeah, than just yes. guessing the feeling would be that like, so yeah so th- th- when the when the balance tips over then that's when that's where the phone notes come comes in hand you're like right I've got to lean in because the annoyance of being like I don't know what I want anymore because I'm not allowing myself to really engage in what I want obviously it's a really like self aware way of trying to figure out what you want but I do think the more common thing is sort of doing things because you think you should want them so the wedding and marriage and all of that stuff. That was a good example, I think, of of um, personally spending my entire twenties being like, yeah, I don't know, just a stupid institution, and I'm, no, I'm never doing that. And then being like, I'd quite like to. I've got one life, like, mm. quite, and then all of the elements of how we did it and how we're doing it being exactly what we want, and not even considering, not considering other people to the extent where oddly it means that you. D- what we want is to consider other people. So it would genuinely make me unhappy. I love going to weddings. The moment is very, very clear. But it would make, I wouldn't be able to cope with telling people for to, for, to for example, go somewhere else mm-hmm. and spend money on, on travel. I'd spend the whole wedding being like, I'm so sorry. And like, no one wants to see that. So it was actually like uh, counterproductive and more useful for me to like have a chill party in like Soho <laughs> so that... 
everybody I'm, I'm, I don't have to be sweaty when people arrive absolutely and because no one wants a sweaty woman no. at the wedding um, no sweaty brides no sweaty brides Clear I think we thing. should run a wedding planning company called No Sweaty Brides No Sweaty Brides <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. NSB Hold up what was that boring no flavour that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com I think like you say the wedding thing puts everything in quite harsh really because it's like it comes down to what do you want make decisions and like make financial decisions pick things and that is hard and so I kind of used that as an experiment really to be like okay I'm quite bad at knowing what I want I change my mind and also I think I want something and then it actually turns out I want this secretly Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's no tips in this episode at all at, at this point but I think one big tip is pick something and as an experiment be like I'm going to do exactly what I want and it, it you realise that your brain kind of works in like a different way and then you can kind of extrapolate that out to other bigger things and you might be quite surprised by what you learn about yourself mm. yeah and I think you speak to a very um, human and universal experience of the like I would rather not check these things or try for these dreams or be real say the truth about my dreams lest they don't work and I know what I bring off Chekhov and or Tolstoy constantly you do you do bring off Chekhov but <laughs> don't say bring off yeah which sort of sounds like you're <laughs> bring him off, off. <laughs> he's done he's get him off the stage um in the cherry orchard and or Uncle Vanya <laughs> could be by Tolstoy and or Chekhov <laughs> there is a character so like the the, the broad stroke played by Andrew Scott or not or not <laughs> or me whoever Andrew Scott or not <laughs> Um, listen, the macro, no idea, but the micro, very clear. The uh, young, dowdy girl is in love with, I don't think she's that young, I think she's approaching 30, am I right? Oh my God, ancient. Hag. Hag. Um, In love with the doctor. Sure. Emily Reynolds. Emily Reynolds. (laughs) Of course. No, in love with the doctor. Mm -hmm. And uh, then this sort of hot older woman comes to town and she's like, you're in love with the doctor? And she's like, no, I'm not. And she's like, yes, you are. Just fucking ask him if he's in love with you. And she says, in Russian. Of course. (laughs) Something to the tune of, I can't. I would rather, I cannot bear the reality. It's easier to live here, Mm. dreaming and hoping and living in my reality, even though I know he doesn't love me, mm. but never knowing for sure, than it is to be on the other side, knowing for certain it's a no. And even if the risk, even if there's a tiny chance that he might also love me, I cannot take the risk of this is a safer place to be. And I think so many people live there. Yeah. You know, they in, in marriages that aren't serving them anymore, in jobs that aren't serving them, in all of those sort of things. It's safer here. You know, people who are like, oh, I can't be single. You know, I can't bear it out there. Mm. Even though there's a chance that there's an amazing, great love or all these incredible things you experience on your own. Better to stay here in this like bad but safe space. Yes. So I think everybody stays there. I think I'm on the polar opposite. Um, you know, you know what you want too much. I know what I want too much and too hard. No, I just don't feel uh, anything. <laughs> There's nothing in there. I think part of the crying about the doctor thing, and then I cried um, several years ago at a party. Um, ran into a friend who uh, was maybe six months pregnant, and I did not know. And she obviously was taking it in her stride because she'd had six months to be ready to those things. And so she was just like, "Yeah." Whereas it was my my first. I was like, 
oh. And I was like, why aren't you more shocked? And she's like, well, I've been pregnant for six months, so, you know, yeah. not a surprise anymore. And then I cried on the way home and my housemate had to be like, should we unpack while you're crying? And he's like, is it because you want a baby or you don't want a baby? And I, it's the same thing about crying when I was 14, about being like, I was so jealous that somebody was confident with what they wanted to do with their life. Right, because yes. There's so many options for There's you. so many options yeah. and... It's not that I have any secret dreams and I don't say them. I actually, there's just nothing in there. You know, no, a, I would argue too much. So all of the options feel like, well, that's an option, that's an option, that's an option. Like, yeah. so, rather than there's nothing in there and you're like, I don't want to do anything. Oh, well, sorry, sorry. You want sorry. to do everything. Yeah. yeah. But also, I think I am just like, you know, if people are like, what do you want? I'm like, um, snack and fun times. Fun times and could go on holiday. <laughs> you know, whereas I've, ne- yeah. I've never had a like, when people are like, I want to be a doctor, I want to win an Oscar, I want to do this. Like, I'm just always like, it's nice, could be. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? And so I struggle very much with, with that. And I think also that the very nature of like storytelling and therefore all the films and books and everything that we consume, the nature of a character is that they have to want something. If they have one true goal. They have to have a true yeah. goal. Because if you ever watch a film where the character doesn't really want it, then you're like, what the hell is this? Boring. I've watched this for an hour and a half. Yeah. Like, story is completely opposite to real life in that story has to we have to propel forward we have to want something and ideally we have to want something and on the way there find out that we needed something quite different yes blah 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 for this to be like an for the for us our little human minds to enjoy a story like these are all the steps and they are that's so polar opposite to what life is that's probably why we enjoy and need stories because we feel so a scatter shot. Sca- yes. That actually, the we we that pattern of just we just sort of like oh god. That, like also as well, I read about how like with with story, we're often like re- when you enjoy a story, it's often because on a subconscious level, you're trying to work out how better to live yourself. Mm. So and even if that's got you got nothing to do with it, that that makes sense of like you you're just being like, what's the secret to just having like what does it feel like to have one aim? Like yeah. how can I? How does that feel to yeah. be so driven? It's why I some, sometimes think like God, revenge sounds good. Like people Absolutely. being like one, you know, in that the- Martin joke of like I really want to be able to avenge my dad father. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Really jealous that. of Harry Potter. It was ages ago with one of her, one of their first stand up shows. I mean, like, I'm really jealous of Harry Potter with his dead parents. Like, because I I want to just have a one one goal. goal. Yeah, oh, that's like, so funny. It See, really that, it's so human. We want this one pure goal. We want to, you know, Inigo Montoya, Princess Bride. You killed my father. Prepare to die. You know, we're like, and then when, at the end, he's like, I have been in the revenge business so long. I don't want to do with myself. You know, yeah. We want we want to wake up every day and be like, I have to kill the Baron. You know, yeah. <laughs> But Please, actually, that would dream probably of it. be quite dull if you only had one aim, and like that would you would live a very I don't know a very singular blinkered existence. And yet, so it's probably, but that's the thing. Maybe we crave this singular blinkered free existence where it's like today I kill the Baron because we are so blinky in our yeah. lives. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and it's so, like that's why all the good you know we need a quest, we need a thing. Yeah. We feel better when we're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Today. You love I'll a quest. I love a quest. You know, just like take all this away, and it's like zoom, 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 just like focus down. It's why. Um, I'm reading a lot about like ADHD and how we're quite good in a crisis. It's mm. because it's the only time where it's like, quest, 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 so excited about crisis. <laughs> like chicken. Oh, there's one coming. <laughs> just like it all goes away. Yeah. It's like we're doing this. Yeah. Just being like, I have to get this ring in that volcano. 
perfect. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Let's maybe a couple of little japes along the way, but ultimately, this is what we're doing. Yeah, you know? it's a relatable <laughs> example. You know, it's like we're like, great. That seems that seems nice. Yeah, like Frodo's crying the whole time. It's like so yeah. stressful. Well, that's like, the thing. We wouldn't actually enjoy doing it. I guess we just crave it because we're so overwhelmed. Yeah, and we're also overwhelmed by all those in all those things as well the person often it's simply thrust upon them like they you know somebody does this to their father and off they go or someone arrives and is like you're the ring bearer you know you're this you're that and arguably with that example like yeah they don't actually that's not really what they want no something they they have they have to do which is maybe slightly different the aim isn't try to figure out your one true goal and i think that's how we see it because stories are like that the aim is to be like I don't have one true goal. I have many goals and many things. And the goal that I had when I was like a child, like my dream job or where mm-hmm. I want to be, changes because you made that decision when you were six and you didn't know what the world was like. And so that you wouldn't go to a child now and be like, can you give me some life advice? You'd be yeah. like, they just know what the fuck is talking about. So it's odd that we hold on to these things, even like three years ago, that change. And I think you'll have to, so basically our aim should be to constantly like check in with ourselves and learn how to check in with ourselves about what we want and in doing that realize it's a, it's it's a much more if you give it the respect it deserves it's a much more psychologically complex thing to do rather than going I want this fine interrogating it is really hard look looking at your own sort of inability to admit what you want because you're fr- are frightened of it are frightened of it makes you kind of feel weak but you're not weak so that is something that you shouldn't be scared of like look yourself in your own face essentially mm. how to look yourself in your own face that's what this should be called something i return to quite often and i encourage you all to is it Chekhov slash tolstoy <laughs> slash andrew scott in an <laughs> it's interview andrew scott yeah no it's tim minchin this time oh yeah okay. and i think i've told you it before yeah. he's doing an address at either his old university or simply our university mm. he's wearing a gown would you forgive me doing an impression of Tim Minchin? I think that's fine. Okay. Well, let's hear it first. I think he does like 10 advu- rules for life. And oh, he no. says, number one, you don't have to have a dream. Americans on talent shows. Because <laughs> <laughs> the accent is like totally pointless. <laughs> but like, I do appreciate it. And doesn't it set the scene a bit, Tim Minchin? <laughs> number one, you don't have to... I'm only doing this one. You don't have to... <laughs> Nobody cares. Right. Number one, you don't have to have a dream. Americans on talent shows always talk about their dreams. Fine. If you have something that you've always dreamed of in your heart, go for it. After all, it's something to do with your time. Chase a dream. Why not? And if it's a big enough one, it'll take you most of your life to achieve. So by the time you get to it and you're staring into the abyss of the meaningless of your achievement, you'll be almost dead. So it won't matter. I've never really had one of these big dreams. And so I advocate instead for the passionate dedication to the pursuit of short term goals. Be micro ambitious. Put your head down and work with pride on whatever is in front of you. You never know where you might end up just be aware that the next worthy pursuit will probably appear in your periphery while you're looking the other way which is why you should be careful of long-term dreams if you focus too far in front of you you won't see the shiny thing out the corner of your eye right good advice metaphor look at me go that seems like it was a callback to an earlier work yes 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 but i really that's great the passionate dedication and pursuit of short-term goals short-term goals that's so and then it's just like okay what do we want what do i want to achieve what do i want now what do i want now to do this week yeah how would i like to spend spend, am i still happy in this would i like that yeah absolutely that's that's a great way to end because that is like basically everything we've been saying i mean to be honest we could have just started the record played that played that played that and then just stopped <laughs> and that, and that yeah. great but no i think That's we're excellent 
And it's important to hear us talk about it. It's so important. <laughs> it's important to hear for the from listeners us. to hear well, us also talk I about think you're, I think it's exciting for us to be on your journey with you. Thank you. On the way to Mount Doom, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going there. You're going there. Um, I'll come with you. I actually watched Why the, not? Lord of the Rings. It? Yeah. <laughs> it's a quest, isn't quest, it? Um, I actually was. I was actually rewatching Lord of the Rings: Fellowship of the Ring last night. Wow! Um, and that's all I have to say about that. It's, and that's that. And that's that. Well, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. And good uh, luck with your short-term goals. Short-term goals. Yeah. Have a short-term goal today and see if you can achieve it. Ask yourself, what do I actually want? Don't tell anyone. See if you can do it by the end. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. It, we have a podcast and uh, it might be, uh, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, we, th- this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's perfect brands.